You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I discuss our outdoor recreation market outlook for the 2022 holiday shopping season. We review recent shifts in seasonality around holiday spending, changes in consumer preferences for spending online versus in-store, and macroeconomic trends that could affect consumer spending during the holiday season. Let's get into it. Okay, so it's November. We got snow coming here in Colorado. Let's talk holiday shopping. Sweet! Yeah, I can already right. hear the bells jingling in my brain. Yes, I can. It didn't take 24 hours for the um for the holiday radio stations to pop up in uh, in the Denver area after after Halloween uh shut down. Uh you can hear <laughs> Christmas music already on the radio. No doubt. Well, you know, the Christmas decoration war is has already begun in my neighborhoods. All the inflatables oh, good. and the nine foot skeletons and the nine foot animatronic werewolves have come down. And I can mm-hmm. I can already see the boxes being switched in the garage. We are switching to holiday decorations. I am taking down the the purple and orange lights and I'm putting up the the Christmas colored lights for our yeah. house. I do a I do I think this year I'm do, gonna do a mix of white and blue twinkle lights in the front tree. I love it. But this year it it, it does feel like um it's it's gonna be an interesting shopping year, I think. Uh it feels early, right? It feels like everybody's gotten started early. I do happen to have data about this that I'm very Let's- excited to share. Let's talk. <laughs> so you know that that at OIA we are partnered with um, Civic Science, and Civic Science gets um, consumer insights from all across media. So those little quizzes that you take, yeah, they they get mm-hmm. that information. And you know, there's enough information about all of us in the in the metaverse for them to connect that information with our demographic, which is really interesting. So what we learned is that for outdoor participants, and that's those are people that are participating in hiking and biking and fishing and hunting and mm-hmm. and adventure racing and ice climbing those kinds of things um are about one third of them have already started christmas shopping at this point or holiday shopping whatever yeah. holiday you choose to celebrate they're shopping for gifts right now um and about 60 percent of them are doing it online so the the process has begun for them and uh you know, they're looking, the reason they're shopping early, they're looking for bargains and they want to get it out of the way. They have no interest in, in you know, playing with the procrastinators later yeah. in the season and trying to trying to find things that are just hard to find. It's it's not specifically larger, a larger crowd than we usually get in, in October and November. But w- what I've noticed is that over time, a larger percentage are completing their shopping before Thanksgiving even happens. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so, you know, we think, well, damn, I hate Christmas carols is sort of the, the, the holiday music starts, you know, in September now. And I hate that. It <laughs> sucks. The other thing that happened in, so this, that is happening because that the market is trying to attract those early shoppers and, yeah. and that makes sense. So getting us in the mood a little bit early makes sense for that 35% of the market that tends to shop early. Um, you know, also this year, there seems to be some pent up demand in, and it's super interesting because we are still 
you know, suffering in the midst of fairly high inflation. I mean, inflation that's that's far outstripping any gains we've made in our wages. So, yeah. you know, we're we're moving into holiday shopping season at eight point two percent inflation. Um, that it, and that's it been, might be that's, higher by the time we uh, by the time this publishes. It, it might be. I mean, so it peaked actually in June at nine point one percent. Oh right? yeah, that's and, right. Right. And it, and it went down and it went down to 8.3 in August. And we're still riding along at 8.2 in September and, and probably October. The interesting thing is that the, the GDP numbers came out for for the third quarter and we're mm-hmm. up 2.6. So yeah. we're getting all kinds of weird mixed single signals in the economy. The Fed is raising interest rates. They raised the the Fed rate yesterday. by three basis points again yesterday, and signaled that they they'll do it again. Yeah. They're not done, which should I mean that that's gonna that's gonna throw major ice on the housing market and and you know hopefully slow the economy. But what what scares me is that one of the things that that's designed to do is when it cools the economy is to to cool the job market as well. Mm-hmm. And the job market is super hot. And, it, you know, there was there's speculation that even though the Fed's been throwing these interest rates hikes at the economy, the job market remains pretty tight. So wages yeah. are going as long as wages are going up, prices are going to go up. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, inflation is real. We've had supply chain disruptions. It does cost companies a lot of money when we all move around and demand more money in our wage rate. That's good for all of us. I'm not, and, yeah, but yeah. prices are going to continue to go up until the you know wages and when wages flatten out and unemployment actually increases just a bit. So it's an interesting time to move into holiday season. Um, you know, we see the enthusiasm of the early shoppers, but I'm pretty worried about the spending power, especially of 18 to 34 year olds in this economy. I think they're willing to spend because you know I'm not worried about having a job. Hmm. The job market is still super, super good. But if we start to see as as you know November plays out, if we start to see those interest rates actually doing their job and contracting the job yeah. market a bit, that could be that could be super bad for the market. That's when we could see people thinking, well, you know, I'm I'm basically I'd have to get a nine percent raise to break <laughs> even this year. That's yeah. real. You know, I might not have a job this time last year. So maybe I'm going to hold back on some of those purchases. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm going to maybe I'm just going to sit on my hands a little bit during this holiday season. And, you know, you're not going to get you're not going to get that sixteen hundred dollar POV drone you wanted, Patrick. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's always next year. So, yeah, I I hear what you're saying about drawing demand earlier as as we're trying to um, not have to, you know, elbow other procrastinators for the the last uh, toy in the aisle, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way. Uh, we've also seen in the bike industry, a lot of that demand end up in Q1 of the following year as there's like maybe discounts to be enjoyed following the holiday season. The seasonality has just shifted before and after, kind of both ends of the holiday season have extended um, over the last two years. And I, I'd expect that this holiday season too. Do you think, all right, for the in bike specifically, mm-hmm. um, have we trained consumers to wait out the holiday season to buy? Let's say they want to, you know, they they do want to get an expensive mountain bike, but the person, maybe the person that who's very kind enough to gift them something like that would just basically, it's not a gift card. They're basically saying, I will buy this for you, but you're so picky because you know, you're a bike rider. Um yeah. 
Interesting. <laughs> you're, so, you're really picky. So I'm just, I'm just, we're going to buy it after, or are we just trained to wait for the sale? Yeah. I, if anything, I think it's just the American consumer is trained to wait for the sale. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'd put myself in that category sometimes too. Me too. Me too. We're, well, you know, what we're, we are what John Stuart Miller referred to as rational actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In some markets. Yeah. And others, maybe not. Uh, yeah. I am not always a rational actor and neither is anybody else, which is why economics is a social science. Yeah. Right. And there's my, there's my mathematics burn for today. On, yeah, on the bookshelf behind me are all of, uh, Dan Ariely's books about irrationality and, um, how silly we are as human beings to, um, to just make irrational decisions anytime we can. I think the holy grail for market research is being able to predict unpredictable and irrational <laughs> That's behavior. It. You know, how do yeah. we make people behave irrationally is, a, is why, you know, basically my job is devil's advocate. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're talking about holiday shopping, not the devil. Not <laughs> maybe, the devil. maybe one in the same, man. I want to circle back to a point you had earlier about online shopping. You said, 60% of that shopping is done online, or or maybe it was 60% of shoppers are shopping online. They reported um, that, they, that they had done about 60% of that holiday shopping they're doing online. Is that up or down from last year? That's a little bit up. And the, the reason that may be up, and we did a little bit of math to correlate these. And after just after I said, nobody's going to ask you about P-value. Um, we were looking at, at the, 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 the rising of Amazon early Prime Day. Oh, that oh happened yeah. In early October, that drove up online sales. That drove up that number considerably. Um, sig- well, I'll just say significantly, statistically significantly. Statistically so it's, a, it, significantly. It's, it's. I don't even know if it's. I don't. I don't want to tout this too much because I don't even know if it's comparable. But that early Amazon Prime Day did did seem to be. We'll call it the, you know, the pulling of the choke before the beginning of holiday season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It amped it, amped it up. That's a, that's a metaphor for our um, marine boating crowd there using the <laughs> choke. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking about the time that, you know, I was rebuilding an engine with my dad and he's like, just spray this solution into the carb and we'll try and start it up. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah. I had a, uh, I had a John boat when I was like 16, I bought a boat out of a stack at Bass Pro and I had bought, um, like an old Evan Rude two stroke, um, nice. outboard motor, like tiller motor to, to put on the back of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of tricks like that to get that thing going. It was considerably older than me. Um, but it was like two or 300 bucks on Craigslist. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can jerry rig this thing and make it work. That is uh, it nice. only left me stranded once, but I had a paddle and we got back. So I had it when I was a kid, but I had a mini bike that was just, you know, the, the traditional somebody almost home welded a mini bike frame. And we threw the, the, the Briggs and Stratton engine from the lawnmower mm-hmm. in it. And uh, yeah, you know, there are all kinds of tricks to get that thing going, including you, know, you had to pull the clutch or you had to pull the choke to get that done. <laughs> and you know, I think it was it was three soft pulls, push the clutch in, one hard pull, <laughs> say a few magic yeah. words, wave a wand, and it would magically start on mm-hmm. the next pull. Yeah, I had a, a, a similar um, similar routine. 
So I NPD had their holiday shopping webinar. It was like a 15-minute webinar uh, where they post the results of their surveys and, and other research. And they determined that, I, I don't know if this is share of shoppers or share of shopping, but that in-store was beating out online, that online shopping was going down this year compared to last year by five percentage points from, from 50% to 45%. And in-store was up. Um, yeah, I, that, that didn't pass my sniff me. test. Really? You think Actually, online's down? I think, I think more, I don't know if, it, I don't know if online's down, but in a, in a ratio of online to in-store, I would guess that it would be. So let me mm. make this clear. I don't think the amount people have spent so far online has shrunk. I think it's yeah. stayed about the same as last year. However, I do think people are actually going, are more likely to go into a store. I think they're more likely to go into a retail shop. Whether or not that plays out, like they're going to, it's going to be 10% up at in-store retail. I don't know about that. I think people are more likely to be out shopping though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's the data I've got on in-store versus, versus um, not. So let's see. Do, do. Yeah, again, 60% of the shopping that that um, our consumers reported last week for, and this is specifically for holiday shopping, 60% mm -hmm. has been online so far. And that's that's a, up 1% from last year. Okay. But, you know, I think, it, you know, considering inflation, considering that there's a lot of, a lot of, there are a lot of, of very smart people that are projecting a, a decrease in consumer spending this holiday season. And I'm not sure what we can tell from early season shoppers, but I think mm -hmm. the online could have been spurred, as I said, by Amazon Prime Day. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, the data is telling us that there is plenty of online shopping going on. Whether or not that plays out through the whole season and that was affected by COVID last year mm -hmm. and Amazon Prime Day this year, it's going to be hard to sort that out. So, I've, yeah, let me... Let me conflate this with another observation. Like we we've seen from some folks that um, intent of purchasing online versus intent to purchase in store shows that folks plan to purchase in store more than online. But I wonder how that translates to actual purchasing. Like if we were to follow up afterwards and say, "Hey, did that? Did you end up spending that money making that purchase where you thought you were going to make that purchase?" Actually, um, that I would be really see, interesting. I'd really like to see the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sort of making a point about I'm always careful when I'm using data from from people that was self-reported like this is what I plan to do most people are going to tell you that they plan to do awesome stuff yeah and they think yeah. that they they actually think they might do awesome stuff and they end up doing something completely different yeah I've, I have I have um data on where outdoor participants, and then where the general public says they're going to shop. And it's it's basically just parts by small business. So we're talking about sort of specialty retail versus big box. Mm -hmm. And th this actually was really interesting. So the general public said that for the most part, of, uh, you know, about a third of, of the general public said that, um, that they plan to shop at mostly small businesses. And then 45% of them said, okay, you know, it's going to be about both. Outdoor people much more likely to shop at specialty shops than the general consumer. That's mm -hmm. what this. That's the data I have. That's what it's telling me. So that. Well, you know why I, that is. Like we've we've talked about this a few times. It's because that that outdoor specialty shop, whether it's a bike shop or whether it's your ski shop or whatever it is, like they have value to offer that 
um, that customer with advice and with test rides and like, yeah, that, that totally makes sense to me. You're going to try on the running shoes before you buy them. Honestly, I don't always. That's just, well, you're a bad example. That's in a one Kelly. (laughs) But, but if I'm, if I'm buying camping gear, if I'm buying a new stove, if I'm buying a tent, if I'm buying a, you know, and this isn't true for everybody, but for, for my hard goods, you know, (laughs) I tend to, I tend to buy at specialty retail. And I, I think this, what this data is saying is that outdoor people do tend to buy their hard goods and their specialty outdoor goods at specialty shops. And that might, and and this doesn't, this isn't parsing for online versus not online. Yeah. Plenty of specialty shops have an online component. So those 60% that are saying they're buying online now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not buying at outdoor specialty. It just simply means that they're, they're, you know, using convenience to get what they want. But it also means those specialty shops have a, have a really nice um, early season um, opportunity to bring mm-hmm. those people not only into the shop to buy stuff for themselves, but also to buy gifts for other people. Yeah. And they should start now. They should start now. Because the, the type A's are done shopping. <laughs> <laughs> or they're waiting until January. Well, you know, that's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. All part of it. My problem okay. with my problem right now talking about, I mean, the state of the market is the, the economy is a mess. Yeah. It's really a mess for businesses, not for not for for us, you know, the the lowly worker. It's actually fairly even right now. So we're going to hear a lot of rhetoric about how the economy is terrible, even though the job market's healthy and wages are rising. You know, it's just going to be talk about how bad inflation is and and how, you know, we might be in recession, even though the last GDP measurement is 2.6. And a lot of it has to do with politics. But perception is everything. And what worries yeah. the shit out of me. And, and there are two things. That, there's one thing worrying me and, and one thing giving me confidence. The thing that worries me is that the rhetoric, rhetoric is going to be ramped up for the midterms. Hopefully, you know, I think the midterms, the the result is going to be a fucking social mess. Like there's going to, there's, it's just going to be, there's going to be some election bullshit chaos you going on. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, it, a lot of a lot of what happens when there's inflation is you get this perception, oh my God, there's inflation, there's inflation, there's inflation. And that perception actually impacts how how the market is working. But right it totally now totally impacts. Yeah. It's it's like the the main factor. The perception. And yeah, it's more yeah. so than the than the rising prices themselves, is my point, yeah. right? But right now, because the job market's healthy, we've still got people that are out there being bullish. Like personally, mm-hmm. just bullish in their consumption because they're like, "Fuck it, I can find another job." I mean, it's no yeah. big deal. So I can go. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy the shit that I I dreamed about during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I'm going to buy my I'm going to buy my family and my friends the shit they dreamed about during the pandemic. Yeah. And I think some of that's going on at the same time. Other people are going, "Oh my god, oh my god, inflation! I can't spend anything. I'm going to save everything." Or, yeah. There's a, and there, it's it's really interesting right now how perceptions are pushing the market, and they seem to be pushing holiday shopping too. I mean, mm-hmm. when I look at the data, I'm like, yeah, this. And I think about when I try and personify what I just talked about, 
Like I'm, I'm someone, I don't have a ton of money, um, but, and prices are going up. So, you know, but I'm not worried about not having a source of income. Yeah. It's just a matter of the limit of what I can spend right now. And you know what? We've just gone through two really shitty holiday seasons. You know, they're trying to, we might get effed by COVID again this holiday season. Who knows? Mm. Apparently there's the flu and another respiratory virus that's killing people. Yeah. But, you know, so live in the live now. I want to celebrate the holidays. I am tired of living in this weird sort of, oh, pandemic. Oh, not pandemic. I mean, fuck it. I'm going to have a job. I'm going out to spend. And that's kind of the energy that I'm picking up in the market. If I had to personify. Yeah, that that from the demand side, plus from the supply side, the stuff's here. It wasn't here the last two Christmas or the last two holiday seasons, at least in in bike for the most part. It wasn't here before for us to spend money on, you know. I don't want to take us off the rails, but no, no, no <laughs> but I'm gonna. So it's cruising uh, the Institute of Supply Management because I do mm-hmm. that. They've got yeah, they've got stuff that super excites me on their site. Um, but they're talking about inventories and they're talking about warehouse space in the U.S. And one of the things that's happening right now is that there's a huge problem with scarcity of warehouse space. Yeah, and totally. a lot a lot of retailers are getting frozen out, so there's nowhere to put the stuff. So it's it, that was I've never seen that before ever. And we've talked about the bull whip effect and all yeah. the things that are leading to to higher inventory. But I didn't know that there was going to be a warehouse space problem. I yeah, mean, yeah, and you know what it uh, what it's transitioned into, or like what it's yielded is forty foot containers in parking lots behind a shop, and just using exactly. that for for storage and locking it up. Well, the cost of the cost of shipping that container went down 30 percent in the past two months. That's good news, too. Yeah, that has been an interesting, um, an interesting story to follow. We saw shipping rates, you know, or the cost of a container increase tenfold in the height of the pandemic. It used to be whatever, let's say twenty five hundred dollars. Now it's twenty five thousand dollars. Um, and that coming down has really helped ease that transportation component of the supply chain. But I'm going to ask you a question that I know the answer to. We saw we saw prices for consumer goods jack up and the transportation cost increased. Transportation costs have lowered now. Are we going to see prices for consumer goods lower? No. Yeah, for sure. No. Not unless uh, I, I get that Not- question a lot. Not unless demand slacks off. I mean, it, you know, it's, I'm not yeah, going to lower my, it, uh, yeah, I wouldn't lower my price until demand slacked. I mean, that's, 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 I don't, sorry to be a capitalist, but that's just how it works. It's really easy to jack it up when, when shipping costs increase, it's really hard to, to reduce it when shipping costs are reduced. Yeah. I kind of want to backfill, you know, some of the, some of the losses that I took because sh- the shipping rates went up so much and maybe, yeah. maybe put some in the, you know, put some in the bank for next time we have this problem or, you know, th- to think of ways to streamline my logistics so that I never have to face that problem again. Or, you know, in the, if maybe I change my suppliers so that mm. shipping does become an issue, but yeah, it's, I'm not going to lower my prices immediately because my costs went down. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a capitalist, man. If you're going to, if you're going to buy at that price, I'm not going to, I'm not going to discourage you unless I need to compete on price. And maybe I want to do that. I mean, there are things to consider, <laughs> but no, I'm not, I'm not simply, I am not, it is not a perfect correlation between cost and price. Absolutely not. Yeah. That was the answer what, I was what, expecting. That's perfect. What, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> what would I do? Um, I'd shut up about it and I'd keep, uh, keep that higher retail price. Yeah. 
I that's I think we're both um, exposing the fact that we're capitalists, and I don't apologize for that at all. Um, yeah. If can the the one risk is if consumers suddenly think or are convinced by maybe you know a nefarious competitor that you're price gouging them. Mm. But this this all rolls into perception, right? You you said earlier that perception is it's actually more important than reality when it comes to inflation and just the the an individual sense of the health of of the economy and them and their own position in it. Um, yeah, you know, if if a customer suddenly perceives that a brand they love has been taking advantage of them, there is a definite risk to that. What do you think about that? I don't know. I, I haven't heard it phrased that way. I like that. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think back to an example of a time when that, when when we can see that in the market, when we can see brands taking advantage of customers, customers going, hang on, I don't like that. And well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name any, yeah, I won't yeah, name any outdoor no, brands not. that are doing it. Um, you know, imagine, imagine if we have loyalty to a certain, a certain oil and gas brand, like, oh my God, I love Exxon. They care about me as a customer. And then, mm. you know, suddenly realize that their costs had gone down and they continue to charge me $6 <laughs> a gallon for gas. That's not really too hard to imagine. Yeah, that's different. Right? That's a commodity though. Like what? Well, I mean, it would be simple if we could, let's just make it up so that, you know, let's say that I make bicycles. Patrick, I make the Kelly fat bike, which we have talked about at yes, length yes, before. Yes, I love it's it. My dream bike. You have purchased a Kelly fat bike and, and I've sold it to you. And um, I told you that the price had to go up 30%. Like during during the ordering process, Patrick, I'm sorry to tell you this. The price went from 1,000 to 1,300 simply because it cost us $300 to get that thing and all of its components onto the U.S. shore and 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 put it together and get it to you in its pristine state. And you say, yes, but you're, I noticed that your shipping costs went down 30%, you know, in the meantime. And I say, and so why are you still charging me 1300 when that was the reason you gave me for raising the mm-hmm. price on me? And I say, well, gee, you know, and I'm going to come up with some construct to explain that, but I, you just, you just caught me price gouging. You get on TikTok because you recorded our conversation while you're TikToking. And tell the world, don't buy a Kelly fat bike. Kelly just price gouged me by 30%. And I'm pissed. Yeah. That feels that feels like I got I was just violated. She just stole $300 from me because you know she didn't have to pay $300 for that shipping. But that's the reason she gave me for rising for, for increasing the price. So screw screw Kelly. Nobody should buy a Kelly fat bike ever after <laughs> that price gouging bitch did that to me. How dare that's, she? Yeah, that's how do we, that, that's an example of how a customer how this could how this can backfire, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily even have to be actually what happened, right? We there are a million ways that Kelly might explain that three hundred dollars, you know, <laughs> in a in a construct that isn't as simple. It, it just cost me that much more to ship the components over. How do you prevent that? How do you prevent? How do you prepare? and prevent a backlash like that if if indeed we're going to be capitalists and say no I'm not going to I'm not going to adjust the price down now that my costs have decreased how can we prevent that that's a great question. I know I know I know what you're thinking Patrick you're like, just don't tell them just don't tell them just, <laughs> just yeah just shut up about it that's what I yeah. said earlier I don't yeah, disagree great, with that I don't great disagree question. I don't want to start going into um ways that 
those relationships could play out. I don't want to start like prescribing yeah. how how we can um, maintain higher prices because we've seen prices in bike soar over the last two years, three years now um, since the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, but so let's let's see if we can tie all this like macroeconomic stuff back to holiday shopping. Did you know? I'm just going to throw this out there. Did you know that mm-hmm. that that um what what do you call the Monday after Thanksgiving? What are we calling that now? Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Cyber. That's what Monday we're talking about, right? It's actually bigger than Black Friday now. Yeah, I don't have to get physically assaulted on Cyber Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's bigger. That that doesn't surprise me one bit. Personally, I fucking mm-hmm. hate Black Friday. I'm, I don't shop, but I went shopping once on Black Friday about eight years ago. To do the worst possible thing you can do on a Black Friday, and that was go to Best Buy and buy a TV. You fool. <laughs> I was, well, you know, I, let's just say that I was lured there, not by advertising, but by the needs of somebody that was susceptible to their advertising. Hmm. I got locked into with going some, to, to Best Buy with one of my friends. It's like, please go, please. But I, you know, I worked yeah, at a bike I, shop on Black Friday for a number of years, and uh, I don't think it was, um, it was best by level of mania, but it it was certainly a pretty noticeable little surge. I think at my bike shop, and keep in mind, it was Hawaii and we were on a military base. We would just order a ton of kids' bikes and just have them there waiting and just build them, build That's them, it. build them, build them so that parents can come and get a bike for their kid and have it under the tree for Christmas. Yeah, our warehouse used to just be... But parents would would buy that kid's bike and then leave it at the shop because they didn't have a place to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the shop, the back of the shop would just be kids' bikes with little tags yep. on them. Mr. Smith, Mr. Jones, whoever. Um, and then like two or three days before Christmas, all we were doing is going back and getting Mr. Smith's kid's bike and Mr. Jones' kid's bike and um, getting everyone squared away so they could put it under the tree or like hide it in their closet for just 24 more hours and then gift it. So we made an extra 20 bucks a bike just to build them. Is you know, and a lot of it mm. was it was you know military families are busy around the holidays. It's just one of those things, and um, so we just we generally built the bikes anyway. But yeah, yeah it was nice. It was nice, and it was it was a it was a really nice way to to introduce people to the shop too, where they would come yeah, in. Totally. You know, they just came in, and you know, we wanted them to have a good experience, even though it was Black Friday, even though it was in you know, it was it was a concentrated mass of people. Just take advantage of having them in our shop, even if they're just there to pick up their kid's bike. I mean, if we were if we were engaging, if if we took the time to talk to them about about their kid and riding the bike, or maybe they maybe interest them in a bike to ride with their kid. We sold a lot of bikes that way. But just the idea of bringing that many people together, even if, you know, even if we're doing half of our shopping online. Yeah. For outdoor, we're still going to the shop. I mean, that That's doesn't it. mean we're still going there. We're still we're still going to nose around. We're still going to look. And, you know, whether or not we're going to buy a gift for our friend, I don't know. But the holidays bring your core shoppers and and many others into your shop. And it's just a, it's a chance to spread the love. You know, and we've talked about in terms of holiday <laughs> shopping, talk about crossover. I mean, this is where... You know, you get a kid a bike, you, you're, they're probably getting shoes and maybe they get a jacket. I mean, the, all yeah. these things cross over. So it's a, kind of a nice thing, a nice time to think about, you know, what other people are doing, what what you would like other people to enjoy. That's Sorry, it. I just got to share the, the consumer love. No, that's perfect. But yeah. And, and if I could channel the energy 
that I'm seeing in the data for this, <laughs> for this holiday season. I think it is bullish. I'm, I'm stuck on this, Patrick. It's yeah. bullish. It makes no sense that it's bullish. It makes no sense because of what I'm seeing in the in inflation. I mean, prices Consumers are, are irrational. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Totally irrational. Totally. totally I know I'm irrational when it comes to how amped I am on doing stuff outside and how much I'm going to spend doing it, even well, I know when I shouldn't. I'm... It's maybe especially when I shouldn't spend money on <laughs> things like bikes and snowboards and fishing gear and camping gear. And I have an elk hunt coming up. And so I got to go spend a little bit of money to, to make sure I don't freeze to death. And so I to... can I can I invest in your elk hunt if you promise to send me like a quarter of a backstrap? We'll talk huh? later. We'll talk right. offline. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. I think I think the the spirit of the holidays is going to rule. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time. <laughs>